0: Welcome to the Hook and Hunt Experience with hunting and fishing expert and host of Hook and Hunt TV, Jim Crowley, and radio host and outdoorsman, Drew Kirby. On today's show, we'll cover fishing, hunting, outdoor adventures, wild game recipes, and so much more. Brought to you by Ned's Pretty Good Garage Bait and Tackle, home of the $8.99 oil change. If you have questions, comments, or want to offer up some suggestions, reach out on Facebook at Hook and Hunt Experience. And now here's Jim Crowley and your host, Drew Kirby. Ah, the day is good, and the
1: show is even better because we've got a pretty good guest on today, Jim. Yeah, we do.
2: Actually, he is the owner of the Pride Outdoor Network. If you guys have Amazon or Roku, you can see a ton of brand new outdoor shows on there, including Hook and Hunt TV. And uh, its he's just got a lot to tell us. There's a lot of cool stuff in the works. Tyler Feaster is going to join us in a little bit. And uh, that new channel is absolutely awesome, man. There's some great shows on there.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to explain to people what the Pride Network is because it could go a couple of different ways, but <laughs> it it's outdoor-related. And it's red, right, white, it's, and blue Pride. Pr-
2: that's right. It's Pride. It's Pride in the USA, and that's what Pride Outdoor Network is. It is about pride in this awesome country of ours.
1: How have you been hitting them out there on the water? Has it been, uh, been pretty good? It's been good. It's been good. I uh, actually had a tournament
2: Saturday. I think if we would have boated one more, we would have been pretty close to a paycheck if we weren't in it. Had a couple, uh, had a fish or two come off. That's just how it goes once in a while.
1: When you tournament fish, which you tournament fish 25 years ago, and now you're kind of yep. getting back into it. Is it because you're retired now and you got a little extra time? Yeah, I kind of missed a little
2: bit of it. There's there's a couple of reasons for that. One is is because I'm, I'm an extremely competitive person. I, I always have been. And, uh, the other reason is I got the opportunity to fish with a really, really good friend of mine. And as many years as we have fished, um, and, and shared information together, we never really fished as a team. And so this is just a small team tournament circuit. Um, and it's really great to get in a boat and, and be with somebody who I, one, I admire as a fisherman and I admire him as my friend. And so it's really cool to spend some time with them. And, um, we're gonna I think we're gonna have a pretty good season. We're off to a good start, so we'll
1: see what happens. When you go into a tournament like that, what do you do research wise or do you just go in and kind of wing it? Sometimes we do a little bit of both. The the two lakes that are
2: on this tournament circuit, we both know pretty well. Um the other night, last Thursday night, we went out and looked around a little bit and we found an area and that's where we caught all of our fish on um on Sunday. Unfortunately, there was less current and so it made the bite tougher and we didn't get what we feel we should have got, but that's fishing. Um, but yeah, and, and then there are times there are tournaments where I'd fish years ago where, you know, there's no practice for them and you'd go and fish. And sometimes those are, those are my strongest tournaments. Those are my best wins because I just had to rely on my instincts. And
1: when you do that, a lot of times for me, it was always better. What do you find going in there blind? Basically, if it's, you know, you don't have any Knowledge of the lake. What do you start with when you get out on the water? If it's a reservoir, the first
2: thing I'm going to do, and usually those tournaments we had way back years ago were in the fall, and so what I would start doing is I would look at a map. You know, I would look at a map the night before, and I would just plan, pick an area of the lake that I really wanted to go fish. What 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 were the best areas in there? Even though I'd never been out in the water before, what were the what were the areas that looked the best to me, depending on seasonal patterns, where I should do. And the more I stuck to that game plan, the better I did. When I started deviating from the pattern or that, that's when I found myself, you know, in in problems.
1: When you uh, fish a tournament, would you rather fish it in the
2: fall? I, I like fishing in the fall. I, I really did because um, there's the fish are starting to move back shallow again in some places, and I just like the fall. That that fall bite, I always always like that. But anymore, I really don't care. I. I I've got some great lakes around here that I really like fishing in the heat of summer. So it really doesn't care anymore. I think back in the day when I was doing it, I was always a really good shallow water fisherman and what I used to call a junk fisherman, where I would find 10 yards of spot that I'd I'd go fish it because there was a log in the water. And now sometimes I really try to find a group of fish instead of just one or two fish shallow. So I don't mind fishing deep or I don't mind trying to fish the edge of a weed line um, or things like that. So I start looking for, I look for more of that stuff now than I ever have.
1: Does technology help you out on these tournaments like this?
2: I wish we had spot lock back in the day where you could just step a button on a trolling motor and it keeps your boat by GPS in one spot so you could thoroughly fish a spot without having to worry about you know, boat movement or anything. And just to answer that question, we're going up to Wisconsin to a place called Big Green Lake. I loaded my Lake Master map and a hummingbird like Bill was talking about today and actually looked at Green Lake on there. And I found the area that I'm going to fish, you know, when I get up there and I mark the areas. And so when I get there, put my trolling motor down, click on the map, and I know right where I'm going.
1: So you don't even have to be on the lake and you know exactly where you're going to go. no.
2: I already know where I'm going. Technology that, that's how incredible that technology is.
1: It really plays such a big part. Well, in everyday life. You know, you've you've yeah. made the comment a couple of different times about how the TV that you have in your your living room is, <laughs> you know, it's a lot bigger and and not as expensive as the one that you have on your boat. But there's a good reason behind that because there's some great technology that you can basically see what the fish had for dinner.
2: I basically, I mean, I called, I called a guy last week that had been up to Green Lake and I'm looking at the map and he's telling me where he was. And I go, I can see it right here. I can see it right here. I'm looking at, I'm looking at my lake master. I can see it. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Neither one of us worked for Hummingbird and this has been a great commercial for him because the stuff's incredible.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's uh, move on with the show. We've got a lot to discuss. We've got uh, another cooking tip. Our old buddy Stink Bait is, uh, is back on the program this week. We're going to get to the okay. trends. We'll find out what's happening on Hook and Hunt
0: TV. It's all happening in a matter of moments. This week's Hook and Hunt Experience guest star is brought to you by Hook and Hunt TV, where our slogan is, God made me a fisherman and a hunter. I'm proud of both and apologize to no one. Watch the latest episode at HookandHuntTV.com. Jim Crowley, we met years ago
1: uh, with on with com, and com has really jumped off the page when it comes to uh, to hunting shows and you actually have jumped onto another network and are uh, are streaming all over the world on a bunch of different uh, platforms. Through this one network.
2: Yeah, through the Pride Outdoor Network. Uh, it's just been great. Our numbers have been absolutely fantastic. And and our show is getting out there more than ever before. It's actually putting YouTube to shame as far as I'm concerned. Um, and with us from the Pride Outdoor Network to tell us how we got all this started is Tyler Feaster. Tyler, welcome to the Hook and Hunt Experience.
3: Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Hey, why don't you tell us, tell us about how you got started. What's behind the Pride Outdoor Network? Just lay the groundwork for people who don't know.
3: We started our own uh, web show. Uh, going on four years ago. Like many of the guys, we started out on YouTube and Facebook. That's, that's what it was. And right. uh, we did it for fun and for the excitement and uh, you know, pursuing a dream <laughs> like so many of us out there. And I started researching ways to get it out there more because people were genuinely interested in our show. And I said, this might go somewhere. I need to be able to to pinpoint an audience and get out there more. So I started looking more into broadcasting our show in different places on local markets, larger markets, um, and in doing that, I found out that was redonkulously expensive. Mm. Um, I didn't see the value in it. I guess you could say for where we were at as a show, and that's when I discovered streaming TV. And you know, I started noticing there was a lot of Uh, different types of outdoor networks on streaming TV. It really hadn't caught the ground running yet, I guess you could say at this point. And I said, that's what I need to do. So I started researching it. And while they were a lot more affordable, um, we had no budget. So that just wasn't an option. And I have an extensive background in computer programming and so forth. And so I started researching what it would take to develop my own channels on these streaming TV platforms such as Roku and Fire TV, Apple TV, and found that, you know, the investment cost was minimal when you knew how to build it yourself. And so we built our own channels and we grew a huge viewership and following using these streaming TV platforms. And it got me thinking there are so many other people out there like myself, um, Who want to get their content out there, but it's just not affordable or the network's full or it's just not a viable option just like it wasn't for us. So I wanted to create something that was easy peasy, uh, very affordable, and a platform where people could put their content no matter their skill set level. Whether they aired on Discovery Channel or whether they were just a YouTube channel, we wanted to make a home for them. And I sat down one day in July of last year, I'm sorry, the end of June last year, it's almost been exactly a year. And I said, I'm going to build a streaming TV network to do exactly what I want it to do. And then 11 days later, we went live with the pride outdoor network. We developed the whole platform, (laughs) the graphics and everything and launched within 11 days. Um, And we started growing very quickly. I mean, we're over 40 TV shows now. We've got like 43 TV shows, over 450 on-demand videos. Um, we have real live, uh, real-time live broadcasting capabilities. We have a 24/7 live loop that just plays hours and hours of awesome content from from featured shows and other live broadcasting shows, and it's just it's just grown out of control. I mean, over 5 million video views a month and, uh, through our streaming TV platforms. And it, it, the idea was is that we wanted to do something that was seemed to be at the core of most of the outdoor industry. And that was the patriotism, the pride in our country. And that's how we came up with the name, the pride outdoor network. And the concept of it being the best, no stress, no mess network. And that's where we are today.
1: Really interesting to go and check out prideoutdoornetwork.com and look at the array of shows. I mean, you guys covered all from deer and and big game hunting into fishing and even uh, you have some bird dog type uh, shows on there. I mean, you got it all. Yeah, there is a
3: large variety on there. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we've got the barbecue cooking shows. Uh, we've got uh, hunting and fishing. Like you mentioned, we've got some safari adventure shows some trapping shows. Uh, we've even brought on the, uh, the simulated I racing NASCAR type series uh, content that are broadcasting on our network. So, yeah, we've got a huge variety of outdoor content on there.
2: If people have podcasts like we do, you can add, you think you're starting to add the podcast to the network as well, aren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's especially nice with our real-time live broadcasting. Um, anybody who does like live talk show type podcasts have the ability to broadcast those live in real time on our network. Uh, so there's all kinds of good opportunities and and that's... That's kind of what we've been, you know, we get a lot of people who contact us and they're like, Hey, check out my videos. Is this good enough for the pride outdoor network? And my response is always the same. If the content is good enough that you believe people want to watch it, then it's not up to us. You know, we provide the platform, the utility, you know, the, the advertising and the marketing to help promote the shows that are on our network so that viewers enjoy it. So if you've got content that's legal, ethical, and, and non vulgar then we welcome you to the Pride Outdoor Network because that's that's the whole point of this.
2: I can tell you one thing, just seeing you know, seeing our numbers and seeing how they, I think last time we went live, I think on the Pride Outdoor Network, we had somewhere between 13,000 and 16,000 people watching us on that show live. And our numbers are going up like crazy. They're going really well. And it's a, it's a great opportunity for somebody if you want to get your show out there. And like you said, it's got to be respectable. But if you think that there's good content on there and you think you want to do it, the Pride Outdoor Network is a is a great step forward and maybe what
3: you want to accomplish. Anybody who's out there wanting to try and get, you know, out of the YouTube chains, as I like to call it, there's a huge opportunity and it, and it opens up a different door that really educates a lot of people on how the outdoor industry works and in regards to working with corporations, um, you know, your larger outdoor corporations, you know, just to name a few, you know, like Rapala, um, you know, Lure Parts Online, lose Strike King, all of those different types of companies, you know, you can build your way up because now you're in a different market. You know, we mm-hmm. provide analytic numbers every month to all of our producers that you tell them exactly how many video views they had that month, but also all the information about the pride outdoor network, so now you're not just waiting on monetized, you know, your $20, $30 check from YouTube. You can actually start approaching and creating relationships and partnerships with these type companies. And you can ingest, you know, you can make deals and negotiations with these companies and put commercials in your content that you put on Pride Outdoor Network. And, and you know, you don't have ads like Don Dish Soap and stuff in and your, and you know, you've got something a little right. bit more relative. And you have more control over what is being advertised inside of your content. Skies are the limits.
1: Have you noticed a big change and uptick in the amount of shows that are coming to you that uh, want to get their shows on?
3: Oh yeah, b- by far, by far. I mean, streaming TV network definitely seems to be the way of the the way of the future, and we provide a platform that really provides no chains. Uh, a lot of even the current streaming TV networks mirrored the way you know, your normal cable type shows and networks worked as far as, you know, it has to be 28 and a half minutes to fit this certain time slot. We don't do that. So, you know, we offer, you know, your video can be seven minutes long or two hours long for all we care. It works on our network and it just opens the opportunity and it's brought a lot more people from YouTube. and, And that was one of our big goals. But also we have shows from Destination America, from the Discovery Channel, from the Pursuit Channel, that are all bringing their content to us because they like what we're doing. It's an inexpensive way to get a whole lot more views because ultimately mm-hmm. their goal is they want to grow their audience, they want to create you know more relationships and income for their show to grow it better, and that gives them the chance to do it. And we've actually had show a single show on there um, who is moving from a large television network, you know, a, a very well-known large television network, and they are strictly moving to Pride. And a lot of it has to do with COVID. I do give it that because of the restrictions on being able to hold events and film them and so forth. has really changed their game plan like it has for so many of us. But they're going to strictly run with Pride in their next season, and it's going to be all live.
2: Oh, that's going to be cool.
3: Yeah, every bit of their content is going to be live.
2: So I get analytics from Pride every month, and I can turn around and I can take those analytics and I send them to our sponsors for the show. On a regular basis, at least half of them reply back that that's what they wanted to see. That's what they needed to see. That get, that shows them more encouragement besides seeing my social media stuff. They also have another form to see me on that they never had before.
1: At any given time, how many shows are streaming on uh, Pride Outdoor Network? Oh, good
3: Lord. Um, I would say more than half at any given time. Um, our on-demand viewership is somewhere in the neighborhood of 111,000 views a day, and our live stream is around 90,000 views a day, and those are unique. Man, that's that's amazing. It really is to to think that. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 very humbling from our end.
2: It's just been it's been fantastic the numbers that I've been seeing on on just my show and you know I look at the other ones too and they've been great so Tyler if people want to go find out more about the Pride Outdoor Network how can we get them on there right now
3: the quickest way is honestly if you go to Google and you type in Pride Outdoor Network the first five links are everything you need to know you'll get. Uh, You'll get our website, which you can watch 100% of our content directly on our website, whether you're on your computer, your tablet, or your phone. You can watch the live stream. You can watch every TV show, every on-demand video they have to offer right there off the website. Everything's on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, And then, of course, Roku TV and Fire TV are our biggest players. They hold about 93% of our total volume comes from Roku TV and Fire TV. And uh, if you have one of those devices, just search for the Pride Outdoor Network or look under the sports section, and bada bing, bada boom, you're right there.
1: You're going to put the Hooking Experience up there in the very near future. Yeah.
3: Actually, it's going to be the, this podcast itself and ones prior will be up on the Pride Outdoor Network within a matter of days, and people will be able to listen to these and watch those on there as well.
1: Tyler, we do <laughs> appreciate it. We appreciate uh, letting Jim Crowley put his show on there and and uh, letting that many people see that ugly mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rough. I, mean, <laughs> I tell you what though, you know,
3: I watch, and this this is not an exaggeration, and I'm sure there's gonna be all kinds of people out there who hear me make this statement and they're gonna say, Oh, that's BS. I watch everything that gets put on the Pride Outdoor Network. Yeah, you, you almost have to. Finish. And these these shows from these people, this is one hundred percent true, honest stuff. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is real. And 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 speaking of your show, if anybody listened to this podcast, and I'm sure they have, but if you have not checked out the hook and hunt, there's some phenomenal stuff on there. Jim, you do a great job of catching some really good adventures. Probably still my favorite to this day is the Windy Day Divers.
1: Yep. <laughs> Everybody likes that show. Everybody likes that show. Go check out prideoutdoornetwork.com and uh, and check it out. And if you have an idea, you can even just reach out and, and uh, chat with uh, Tyler and find out about uh, what you need to do to get him some content. But uh, Tyler, man, thanks for everything you're doing for thanks, buddy. Out, the outdoor outdoor industry. Yeah, well, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we'll look forward to talking to you
0: soon. Thanks for all your work, buddy. Thank you. In the outdoor world, there's always something new, and here's a hook and hunt experience product review presented by Crowley's Crawlers, the plastic worms that make sure you're hauling in the limit every time. One of the coolest new products that I've seen come out in a long time.
2: Is actually from the company that I wear their clothing anyway, and that's Prime One Camel. And Prime One has just come out with a new lightweight fishing hoodie. Now, if you haven't heard about these before, these hoodies are been all the rage on the tournament circuits the last couple years. And what's cool about the hoodies is you don't have to put up uh, the neck gaiters anymore around your nose, which can make your face really hot and um, steam up your glasses on top of that. These hoodies are fantastic. The material is so lightweight. This is the best hoodie that I've ever worn, and I have a bunch of them. But when you pull a hoodie up, it also gives you peripheral vision, so it just covers the top of your head. It, It does not pull down your baseball hat, and it covers the back of your neck and keeps the sun off it really well. In the meantime, it breathes. So even on the hottest, muggiest day, you're not going to sweat nowhere near as much as if you had a cotton shirt on. These hoodies are absolutely fantastic to help keep that sun off your skin. They come in long sleeve and several different colors. If you're interested, go to prime I'm telling you, and I'm serious, folks, this is the best hoodie that I've ever worn. You can put the code in HOOKHUNT, 25, and you've got a chance of getting 25% off on your order. That's Prime One Camo. Check out their brand new lightweight fishing hoodies.
0: Here at the Hook and Hunt Experience, we love to eat. Now let's get that mouth watering with It's Great on Your Plate with your host, Matt Cheever from Heartland Outdoors magazine.
4: Hey, folks. This week I want to share something with you that's kind of exciting. It's grilling season it's a nice time to be on the patio on the deck and have family over, a lot of birthday parties, kids, different things going on this summer. And I know it's sometimes tough to share wild game with kids, especially groups of kids when they come over. Uh, my kids have been raised on it, so it's not a big deal. It's all they know. But when you learn how to cook it right and really enjoy it make some great recipes, it's not such a big deal. I made one last week that I think's a keeper for not only my kids, but when any kids come over, and kids of all ages, I know – Uh, I know Jim wouldn't turn this away if he came over to my house, sat on the patio with me and had one. It's, it's really kind of a high end burger type recipe. It's a, it's a venison pork burger wrapped with bacon, almost like a, uh, filet mignon, but it's dished out. So you take a nice 50, 50 mix of pork and venison, uh, mix it, season it well, and then make a small bowl in the palm of your hand, wrap that in bacon. Now the fat from the bacon will make it adhere. So you don't really need toothpicks. Next, you're going to want to pre-make some macaroni and cheese. I like the shells, the Velveeta, something thick, something a little heavier, some larger noodles you can make homemade would be certainly be great. Let it chill in the fridge. Use an ice cream scoop to stuff that in the middle of that burger. Set it inside that burger bowl, wrap in that bacon, and put those on the grill. You're going to have to allow a little more time, though. It's kind of like a stuffed burger but without a top on it. Once that macaroni starts to crisp up on the top and gets a little bit darker on the edges, your burger should be cooked all the way through. The bacon will be crisp. The burger's cooked through. You've got that nice pork content, but you're getting plenty of deer meat. It's really the perfect recipe to use up some burger. It's a great way to get kids excited. It's great to do at a birthday party. Everybody loves bacon and the smell of bacon on the grill, and who doesn't like mac and cheese? It's one of the funnest things you can do with wild game and get your kids eating wild game and get them excited about hunting and butchering and cleaning deer and, and ducks and all that. So make it fun. It doesn't have to be a fancy five-star meal all the time, but you'll be amazed how simple something like that can turn out to be a five-star recipe.
0: HookandHuntTV.com has been educating and entertaining the world of hunting and fishing for years. Let's find out about the latest from Hook and Hunt TV's Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt experience.
1: So Jim Crowley, we are uh, back and, and you've had some great shows lately. Matter of fact, just talking to Tyler on the uh, Pride Outdoor Network, your live show that you did not long ago did very well. And uh, Tyler made sure to, to let us in on that. But what else has been happening on the show?
2: We've been getting a couple other, um, we're going, we're filming uh, more this week. And we've got a couple other episodes that are, that we just finished up. And next, I think next week, uh, I'm not sure which one it's going to be at. There's a really cool um, show that we did on swim jigs and really exploring how useful they can be in the summertime. And we also did a show that I haven't done in, I don't know how long. I did a show on on baits, but we did it a little different. We we did it on how spinner baits can be effective in really clear water, and we ended up catching some really big fish on this episode. There's some fantastic underwater footage, and um, it, it's just it's it's really cool. The show that we have up this week is a frog show that we put up last week. Yeah, if people just go to prideoutdoornetwork.com and pull it up on your phone, pull it up on your laptop, you can see all the shows that are on the Pride Outdoor Network, like Tyler was saying, and people really seem to like it. Because that way you can watch on your schedule.
1: And you can soon get the hookin' On Experience on there. So you-, you can literally watch an episode of Hookin' On TV and then listen to an episode of the Hookin' On Experience. And as always, you can go to Google and to uh, Apple podcast and subscribe to our our page. And then it will automatically update on your phone so that you can have
0: it with you if you're out on the road or
1: uh, where you're at.
0: Here's the latest hook and hunt experience, hunting and fishing scouting report. Brought to you by the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. The Tackle Box Bar and Grill, downtown Fish Creek, Wisconsin. Well, Jim, it's been an interesting spring
1: slash summer. Of course, we're well into summer now, and the heat is all over the nation. I know here <laughs> where I'm at, uh, we're in the hundreds, and it's going to be in the hundreds for the next few days, so uh, there's no doubt that uh, the spawn is gone and that for we're sure. into the next phase of uh, the fishing season.
2: Yeah, we're definitely into the summer pattern right now. The tournament I fished this past weekend, um, even some of the post-spawn fish that we caught, you could tell they were on nests because their tails were bloody, the bass were, and their bellies are getting big again, which means they're feeding. They're on their summer pattern. We found them in places where you're going to find them in the summer. You're going to find them with close access to deep water. And uh, some of the guys in the tournament were fishing main lake areas, which is what happens. On, On a reservoir, the bass will move out. Of the coves, they will move out of those those areas like that, and you move out to the main lake area. On rivers, if the water's high, you'll still catch fish in backwater areas. If the water is down, the fish will move out to the main lake area. Now, I'll be fishing a natural lake uh, this weekend up in Wisconsin, and that lake it's a deep, clear lake, and the smallmouth still stays shallow, somewhat shallow. Most of the year, except in certain parts of the lake where there are some humps, but in some areas of the lake, there's a lot of rock, you're getting down to 15, 20 foot, and in some clear lakes, that's still relatively shallow. Um, For smallmouth, anywhere from that eight to 15 foot range. And that's where I think we're still gonna find a lot of those fish, is all of them do a little bit something different. But it's going to be interesting transforming from largemouth to smallmouth, which I wish I could do it all the time because I love smallmouth. But um, it's going to be fun. Crappies are going to be moving out to main lake areas too, and probably suspending, chasing baitfish. Walleyes are going to be roaming, chasing baitfish. Um, it just it just depends where you are. If you're on a lake, if you're on a nat, if you're on a river system, if you're on a reservoir, it just depends, and that's all comes with learning part of fishing. But right now, uh, fish are definitely no matter where you are in the country, they're in their summer pattern.
1: If you're switching from large mouth uh, to small mouth like that, what's the major difference as far as your technique?
2: Well, a lot of times I'm fishing small mouth and cooler and cleaner water, especially cleaner water. Sometimes it's warm too, but nowhere near as warm most of the time as, as large mouth lake can be. And so I'm looking for different things. I'm, in a natural lake, I may not have as I'm not gonna have as many points, but I'm gonna have rocky humps or just stretches of rock. Like I'm just thinking of a lake in Minnesota called Malax, which we fished several years ago. And there's big rock veins running down certain parts of the lake that are offshore. And a smallmouth will gang up on those looking for crayfish. That's their number one. They'll be feeding on smaller bait fish and things like that too. Where I'm going next week, Green Lake, um, there's a lot of rock as well with close access to deep water and some boat docks for shade. So we're thinking we're going to find smallmouth all around that type of stuff. Now, when I go to the backwater areas, chances are you're going to start catching largemouth again, where a lot more grass and shallow and wood and stuff like that. Where smallmouth are going to be out in open water more. They like to roam more and chase those bait fish in open water. They like rock, sand, and gravel. If you're going to find areas like that, that's where you're going to find a lot of smallmouth, especially on those lakes in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and then up into Ontario. If you got rocks, rocks got crayfish, sooner or later you're gonna find some smallmouth. Obviously there's some areas that are gonna be better than others. Um, but that's what we're going to be concentrating
0: on for next week. The Hook and Hunt Experience wants you to live well from the Live Well. Here's your old buddy, Stinkbait Rivers.
5: <laughs> hey, it's your old buddy, Stinky. Hey, listen, fellas, this is really important stuff. Uh, I really want you to take notes this week. I, I know that a lot of times I'm telling you some funny stories and some jokes and things, but uh, this one, uh, this one's rather important uh you see it seems that i missed my my wife's anniversary this morning and and when i was leaving for work she came down and said well isn't there anything that uh, that you're missing there and I, I looked at her and thought well and uh no not really she says it's our anniversary you idiot and i said well I'm, I'm sorry honey i'll take you to a nice dinner or something when we get home she said nice dinner hell when you get home from work there better be something in that driveway that goes zero to 200 pretty darn fast I left and went and got in the truck and went to work and then started thinking. I got Bobby, the little boy who does errands for me, to run over to the Bed Bath and & Beyond and pick up a present, take it over and leave it gift-wrapped in the driveway. Here's where things turn south. Uh, she looked out the window and, and, and saw the present and kind of confused, she went out and she picked it up and and I was watching it on the ring camera that we got at the house there and she took it back in and she opened it up and... Uh, uh, I've got a lot of cleaning to do when I get home, if, if I'm even allowed in the house. Uh, she said she wanted something that went from zero to 200 and pretty darn fast, so I picked her up a bathroom scale. Just goes to show you that sometimes you need to put a little bit more thought into the gifts that you give. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anybody got a couch track and sleep on? Uh, I- until next time, this is your old buddy Stinky. Well, we'll see you next time on the Hook and Hunt Experience. You betcha! <laughs> We
0: can't leave you high and dry. Here are some words of wisdom in the last cast with Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. So just because summertime's here and things are hot, don't let that
2: get you down thinking that, oh, it's a dog days of summer. Hey folks, I got news for you. The fish have no idea what time it is. All they know is they react to their environment. And the reason they're gonna be moving to deeper water is gonna be a couple things. They're gonna move to deeper water because there's gonna be food or just because the water is more comfortable that way. It could also mean that the water's so clear in some areas that fish just feel comfortable when they're deeper. But remember something, fish always follow food. Now yeah, it's true that some a lot of fish can be caught early in the morning and later at night. That's because there's lower light conditions and when food moves shallow, so will the predator fish, so will the bass, so will the walleye, so will the catfish. But just remember something, just because it's hot days during the summer, the fish still have to feed. It's up to you to figure out what they're gonna do as uh, my fishing hero Al Linder says they're always biting somewhere.
0: thanks for stopping by the show head over to the hook and hunt experience on Facebook and give us a like and find out more about this week's show the hook and hunt experience is brought to you by hookandhunttv.com stop by and watch the latest episodes airing now moxie dog treats your dog will love you and brought to you by Crawley's Crawlers the plastic worms that make sure you're hauling in the limit every time and the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. Join us next week for the next episode of the Hook and Hunt Experience.